Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Hey, church. Hope you're doing well. It's so good that you're tuning in to Global Church online today. My name's Andy and I'm married to my wife, Anna, almost for 12 years. We've got four amazing kids. Uh, We do a number of things from running businesses to also leading church, uh, the one especially in York here in the UK. And we do this under our senior leaders, Dave and Shelley Shaw. So they look after all the other cities and nations uh, around the world. But it's so good that you're joining. And if you don't know, um, we've been carrying on this kind of theme or this series off the back of the Easter Sunday message that Dave brought. But we've been looking at like, what do you see? What's the picture that you see in your mind? You know, what are the voices that you hear as well? And I want to say that God wants to give you a new picture for life. We use the example of like Instagram stories. We look at everyone else's story. But, you know, God has a story and a picture for your life. He also wants to have that voice speaking into your life, you know, for situations where you can experience God turning up the difference between failure or success. You know, and also last week we're looking at what are you thinking of? You know, where is your mind at? You know, what are the thoughts that occupy that headspace between your two ears? We talked about it being the battlefield of the mind because our thoughts are dangerous. And there was that great scripture in Romans 12 verse 2 that said, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. It's like, don't be conformed to what you see everyone else doing, which is really hard because actually, generally speaking, as human beings, we want to feel like we associate. We want to feel like we belong to a group of people. And so we often adopt their ideals or their values or their culture. But actually what God's saying is don't just do this without consciously thinking, uh, is, this, is this God's plan for my life? Is this actually just something that's, you know, good or is this something that's great? And, you know, be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation or transformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfied and perfect in his eyes. Don't be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what another version of the Bible would say. And so, you know, your mind is God's transformation machine for life. It's a gift from God. Although often, you know, in this current time in society, we're experiencing huge mental pain, challenges, issues, where people are going through with huge amounts of anxiety, depression, uh, fear, worry, and doubt, you know, and so all these things often, they, they stem from the mind and how we think. But it's good for you and I to know that we can use that mind to transform our life for the better. It can also be the, the thing that tortures us and brings our life further and further down. But if we realize that what we dwell on, i.e. thoughts become things, what we dwell on will start to happen in our life. If you start to dwell on the good, the joy, the joyful things in life, If you start to dwell on the silver lining rather than the cloud itself, if you start to dwell on the beautiful things rather than the ugly, the good things, the best things in life rather than the worst things, all of a sudden you'll start to see things differently. You will start to have a new picture in your life. You will start to hear new things because your mind is open to new thought patterns and ways of being. So it's so amazing. It's so powerful. And really, I guess I want to encourage us that we dwell on things like hope goodness, love, 
some of the things that the, the Holy Spirit brings, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control. You know, dwell on the fact that you're in control, that you're not a victim to everyone else or to society or what's going on around you. Dwell on the thing that God is your maker, your creator, and that he's for you, not against you. Dwell on the fact that he's got a great plan for your life and he wants you to find him. He wants you to be in a great, healthy relationship that's dynamic, that's powerful, life transforming. Dwell on those things and your life, I guarantee, will change. But this week, I want to move on just one more step and say, really, life is a choice. And the decisions that we make are our choices. You know, so you choose is really the title of this week's message. You choose. It's a great book, children's book that I read my kids. In fact, it's probably the most well-read book right now in our household. And it's written, I forget the author, but it's phenomenal because it's a series of pages with loads of pictures. And essentially it's like, you know, where would you like to go? And there's a picture of like the mountains, the jungle, the beach, the, the, the seaside, the town, the city. And so our kids, they read it and they're like, oh, I want to go to the mountains. I want to go to the beach or wherever it is. And they get to choose. They get to enter into their imagination and figure out where they'd like to go. Where would you like to live? And there's a picture of a tree house or, or a house under the sea. And, and there's all sorts of opportunities to just think about what, they, what they'd like to choose their life to be like. It goes on to like, what would you like to do for a job? What would you like to do for fun? And there's all the typical, you know, jobs out there from builders, doctors, dancers, footballers. But it's so good because the kids get to enter into that imagination, start to realize that it is a choice. That some of these things, you know, we often as adults fall into the trap of thinking, no, these choices have already been made for me. Maybe we think that because of how our parents raised us. The, the, the kind of courses that maybe we, we went to at university or at A-levels or in our education, we got funneled down a certain path and therefore I can't now pursue what I really love doing. But no, it is a choice. Right now, you get to choose. There's no one else. And as much as we might have been brought up in a certain fashion, in a certain way and encouraged to do certain things, which we now look back on and we're maybe not as happy with, we can get to choose to choose a different direction, a new direction, to maybe re-educate ourselves in a different area of, of, to get into a different career or, or retrain to be able to enter into something completely different. We get to choose. But so often we, we don't feel like we have choices. And so I guess this message is about breaking that down. You know, we're quite familiar with the kind of what food we get to eat. You know, we get to choose whether we eat healthy or unhealthy. And so often, you know, we do go at times for the unhealthy because it's convenient, it's easy, and it just tastes so good in the moment. But we also know that those choices have consequences. Like if we eat unhealthy food all the time, there's a program I'm sure about someone who ate McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for 30 days. And I don't, you know, as far as I know, it was very bad on not just his physical health, but all parts of his health and his being. But we get to choose. You know, we get to make those choices. You know, just bringing in a scripture uh, that kind of really brings this point home is Acts chapter one, verse four and five. And, you know, Jesus, just before he's ascended into heaven, after he's been resurrected from the grave, he says on one occasion while he was eating with them, this is the disciples, and a group of others, he said, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He's essentially giving them a command. 
wait here because I've got something good, a gift coming straight from heaven that is going to blow your mind. But you know what? I, you know, the, the Bible talks actually that, you know, if, if I was just to rewind for a moment, you know, many of you will know that there's the story of the feeding of the 5,000. The feeding of the 5,000, just so you know, is the 5,000 men. It doesn't count the women and children. So realistically, the, the size of that group would probably be in the region of 10 to 15,000 people. Let's just say, for say it was 12,000. 12,000 people experienced a miracle straight from Jesus. The multiplication of bread and fish, five loaves, two fish. And from that, there were leftovers, baskets of leftovers, right? We're not talking about people just feeling like they just had a crumb and, and subdued hunger for a few moments. No, they had their fill and there were leftovers. It's amazing. They experienced the multiplication miracle straight from God Almighty. And yet, when we fast forward in between Jesus' death and resurrection, there was a moment where Jesus met with 500 believers, 500, and, and revealed himself and, and showed his, you know, you know, showed himself after he had come from the grave. Fast forward a little bit further, and in the upper room, when Jesus had ultimately ascended to heaven and they were waiting for the Holy Spirit, there were only 120 that were there in the upper room. My question is, I wonder where all those people went. From the 5,000 or 12,000, sorry, that experienced the miracle of God. To then, after Jesus' death, really there being a, a moment where 500 were really still following and were, were wanting to see Jesus. To then, really, the upper room where only 120 ended up receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. And of course, after that, it then spread like wildfire throughout the world. But the reality is many people made a choice not to follow, not to listen to God, not to kind of stay attached to the miracle maker. You know, they, they made a choice. And I think for many of us who live now in this day and age, sometimes the thought can enter our mind of thinking, well, if I was alive, if God did a miracle right now today, I would believe. And it's so easy for it to just throw off, throw off the tip of our tongue. But the reality is so often, we don't believe, even when we experience the miracle. I remember times where I've prayed for things and said, oh, Jesus, if you're there, please just answer this. I will go to church every week for the rest of my life. And then it happens. And you know what? After a week, I've forgotten that, that, that commitment that I said I was going to make. And all of a sudden, life starts to creep in and I forget the miracle that's happened. You know, we're forgetful as human beings. We're forgetful of the good that God has done and poured into our life. But... We get to choose. It's a, it, you just realize that, that one statement. My next point is the choices you make determine the direction of your life. I don't know if you realize this, but you, the choices that you make are like a steering wheel for your life. You get to choose where you go. I said earlier on, you might feel like you haven't got many choices. That's a lie. And you do have choices. I've been inspired by people that have been Holocaust survivors who've been through the most dreadful, awful experiences of life. But even they've written in some of the books saying that I was, one thing that they could never take away from me was the, the freedom to choose how I'd respond to these events. The freedom to choose, you know, they couldn't steal my joy. They couldn't take that away from me. And no matter how hard the situation, they were able to choose a brighter future, a way of thinking that enabled them to experience extreme trauma and come out the other side not completely broken and embittered. You know, we get to choose how we handle the experiences that come and hit us from life. You know, they talk about 
post-traumatic stress disorder. But there's also another thing called where we, we can experience the stress, but it actually makes us stronger. And, you know, it's what psychologists look at and think, so how is it that in some people they, they hit these live events that completely destroy so much of their mental strength? And then there's another group of people that when life hits them, it actually makes them stronger. And even right now in this pandemic, we're realizing that people's resilience when they've, when they've actually gone through or they know someone close to them that's experienced COVID, they actually feel like they are stronger and more confident, more resilient. While those that have maybe not, not had someone in their world that's experienced, they're actually more fearful. You know, these are things that, you know, they sometimes boggle the mind. But the reality is that we get to choose how we respond to life. You know, every choice we make starts to build, you know, on top of one another. The choices that you've made just right now to watch this service is fantastic. And if you choose to maybe take on board what's been said and put it into your life, then, you know, all sorts of other things will start to build on that one choice. You know, as you start to make great choices in a day, those days start to form a great week. When you make great choices week in and week out, you start to find yourself having great months. And then those months lead to great years. And before you know it, you look back on those years and you realize you're building a great life. Not only are you building a great life, but a great legacy for your children or for the people that are connected to you. You know, the choices you make, they don't just involve you. It's, it, was, it, was, it was a profound moment when I realized that actually how I live my life before I even have kids, before I even got married, is going to directly inf- impact the kind of quality of marriage or the kind of quality of parenting that I, I, I can ultimately, I, I can do or become, you know. So those choices are huge, they're pivotal. And if you don't realize that the choices you make will determine the direction, you get to choose right now. Where are you going to steer your life? And if you've been steering it in a wrong direction, I want to say right now, you have the power to change. You have the power to choose a new direction. And God is wanting to help you to make that change. You know, really, when we talk about repentance, it's really about turning, about turn, about changing. And so so often it's not about trying to achieve that massive climb in the mountain as much as it is about let's just turn and face in a different direction. Let's turn and face from darkness to light. Because when we see the light, we start to see hope. We start to see possibility. We start to see opportunity. We start to see that God maybe is for us, not against us. When we turn to dark, we see loss. We see lack. We see that we haven't got enough. We see that maybe there is no hope, that actually the world is probably not for us, but against us. And the people around me, they don't really care for me. And that's what happens in the darkness. But when we are turning and facing towards the light, all sorts of things can happen. We start to spiral up in who we are and how we think and how we live our life. And that's the power of living in the light, moving towards the light, choosing Jesus, not choosing death, choosing life, not choosing the guilt and the shame and the sorrow when we feel stuck and burdened with the sin that is on our life. Because we make mistakes, whether we whether they like to realize or not, none of us are perfect and we have messed up. And that mess we carry around with us until a saviour helps to unburden us. It says about Jesus that his burden is light. His yoke is easy. And so that is Jesus in a nutshell. You know, it's not someone who's wanting to condemn us. Quite the opposite. He wants to lift us up. So the choices you make determine the direction of your life. 
And you might say that's easy, easy for someone like me to say that. And, and so my next point is you can choose to blame or you can choose to take responsibility. Right now, you can have the thought, and so many of us have this at different points in our life where we say, it's all right for them. It's all right for them. They, they don't know what I'm facing. They don't know how hard it is. They don't know what I'm going through. And really, it's about essentially we're not taking responsibility because as soon as we say they don't know, what we're really saying is what they're saying is invalid. It doesn't mean anything. It's not worth me hearing any more of that conversation. And so essentially, we're just casting blame that the person that's communicating doesn't know, or we're casting blame that something that happened in our past means that we cannot change. It means that we cannot move from where we are. But instead, we can choose to take responsibility. We can choose right now to take responsibility for whatever happens in our life. You might think, but what about the government, the decisions they make, or the, whether the economy has a downfall? You can take responsibility for what goes on even for the things that are outside of your power of control. And as we take responsibility, something happens because the way we see things, we start to see a way through. As soon as we let go of responsibility, we cast blame. It's like we're victims. We can no longer create our destiny or our future. We're now just being funneled through life, you know, and, and being washed by whatever way society is saying that we have to go. And when you enter into that, it's almost like you start to spiral down because all of a sudden, I'm waiting for someone else to intervene. I'm waiting for the government to bring some extra support. I'm waiting for the economy to turn around. I'm waiting for my boss at work to leave and a better boss to come in. I'm waiting for the company to improve whatever they, what, you know, how they look after their employees. But you have a choice right now. You can take responsibility and be the change. You don't have to wait for change to happen for your life to get better. You can take responsibility and the change happens right now from within you. And as it happens from within, you start to have the fortitude, the strength to help to bring change to other parts of your life. You know, you can, you can blame your spouse. You can blame different people, the government, the education system, how you brought up your parents, but it does not serve your future. It's, it's just an excuse. And, and as we, as we, the more excuses that we have, the more people that we can blame, the less that we take hold of the steering wheel of our life and make the right decisions and make the better choices that we have the opportunity to make. You know, we can choose to see the new picture that God wants to give you. We can choose to hear and listen to the word of God, the voice of God speaking actively, dynamically right now into your life. We can choose to take captive the thoughts that are damaging us and we can choose to dwell on the good things in life that God has blessed us with or given to us or poured, you know, abundantly onto our life. We can choose. We can choose to have faith that something good is going to happen, even in our darkest hour. King David was brilliant at this in the Psalms, the, the songs that he wrote as he was going through the roller coaster ride that was his life. And, and it's really, we can, we can take a lot from that. But he kept saying, I will declare that God is good even in the darkest times when things were going against him, his own family, his own son trying to rise up against him, he would still choose to refresh himself, refresh himself in the Lord. He would still choose to sing of God's goodness and his praises. You and I can do the same. It's why we worship, not because we feel like we should worship, but because we know that as we start to declare, as we start to speak out with our lips how good God is, it starts to change 
our physiology, our biology, our mental kind of thought process and patterns because we are declaring truth, a truth that has power. Because some things we can declare and it doesn't, it doesn't carry. You know, you know I think you know, people say, like, just speak yourself in the mirror about, you know, I'm going to be rich, I'm going to be rich. And, you know, it, it, if you don't believe that because you haven't got the source, you're not tapped into the source of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, then it's just, it does just words and you're, tr- you're almost going up an uphill battle. But when God and his Holy Spirit comes into your life and he starts to help you renew your thinking, change and transform your identity of who you are, all of a sudden, it's no longer an uphill battle in some of these things of trying to change your thinking or, or see that new picture or hear the, the voice of God. It starts to come with an ease because you're working with God, not trying to go against or trying to do life on your own. So God blessed us with free will, a choice, choices that we can make. We can choose to follow or we can choose to reject. You know, in fact, my final point is you get to choose Jesus. Jesus does not impose himself on your life. He does not come barging in. No, he waits because he gave us free will. He gave us the freedom to make these decisions. You know, we were made, you know, we we find it so easy to blame God when things go wrong, right? But when actually it's like, no, God has given each human being the ability to make choices, choices that can damage other people. It's so obvious in today's society that people are, you know, hurting one another. And that hurt does not bring resolve. It does not bring healing. A hurting person will hurt others. It's only when we have got, we've received, you know, forgiveness and healing that we can be and bring good news to others. But if right now you are, you are hurting, it is next to impossible to, to, to help others or, or to stop yourself from being, of bringing hurt to other people. And so, you know, we were created in the image of God. You know, we were created fearfully and wonderfully, the Bible says. Fearfully in the sense that we were created with great reverence, you know, and, and respect. Wonderfully that we were unique, that we were set apart. You know, we weren't just an accident. Like God breathed his breath of life into you and I. And that breath makes us different to all the other creatures, the plants, the animals, because we, we were formed, you know, out of the dust. And yet God breathed his life into us. It would be insulting to think that we were like robots, like, you know, plugged in with wires that just kind of force us to go down a certain path, an algorithm. And, and, and it's just, it's yes, no's, it's, it's black and white. When actually God gave us the choice, he gave us the freedom to choose in the same way that God has freedom. You know, he can choose what he wants to do here on earth. But the greatest thing that he did was create us in his image and that we have the ability to either choose to receive him or to reject him. And that is a choice that every single one of us here on the planet of earth, at some point we have to come to terms with that choice that's in front of us. You know, we can choose to pursue God or we can choose to give in to our selfish desires. We can choose to put God's word first in our life or we can choose to just let it slip down to second, third or even off the list. We can choose to give in to temptation or we can choose to flee from it. You know, we get to choose whether we abide close to God and try and draw near to him or whether we choose to walk away. Those choices 
are so pivotal about how and where our life will end up. The legacy, when we look back at our life, what it will look like is built upon these choices, whether we choose Jesus, whether we choose to follow his word, whether we choose to build straight and strong on God's truth will determine so much of our life. We can do great things without God's word. I'm not arguing that. But the greatest thing, what we were designed for was to be in relationship with Jesus, because that's where we find the source of all our fulfillment, all our need to be significant, the need, the human need to be satisfied and the need for humans to be secure. You know, we're all desperate for be, to be satisfied, significant and secure. And God and Jesus provides all that. So I've said a lot of things and um, I just want to finish on, you know, Paul, because I can say, it's, you know, we've got to make these choices. But Paul, who was one of the, uh, the, the apostles who went out after Jesus rose from the grave, he, he planted churches. At first he was persecuting Christians. Then he encountered Jesus, uh, you know, the living Jesus. And instead his whole life was transformed. And he starts planting churches all over different parts of Asia. And he writes in the book of Romans and, and he says, I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do, but what I hate, I do. You know, he's caught in this conundrum of like, I know what I should be doing, but I keep finding myself doing the opposite. And so I guess I want to encourage you today that you don't, don't feel alone when you know the right thing to do, but you find yourself doing the other thing. Because what Paul writes is that if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good, but it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. Because what he realized and what you and I should realize is that it's, it's sin within our heart, within our life that causes us to not do the right things. And so if we don't resolve the issue of sin, falling outside of God's best for our life, then we will constantly find ourselves with good intentions, good motivations to do the right thing, but ultimately so often falling short. And so it's crazy because if Paul, who was one of the most prolific writers in the New Testament, planted churches all over and, and was so successful in the Christian world back then, if he struggled with this thing, then I know, I know that you and I will also be struggling with the same thing, the ability to make the right choices. And that's why he leads it on that we need the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 goes into a, you know, that we need to live by the Spirit. We can't do this without God's power on the inside. And then he talks a little bit about the suffering that we'll go through on this earth. And therefore then the glory, in the same way that Jesus suffered, but then he was raised to glory. We also will be lifted and elevated like Jesus was in the same way. But then the last part of Romans 8, which is probably my favorite, is that he talks about, Paul says, we are more than conquerors. And we're more than conquerors, not because of how well we've got our life together, but because of God living on the inside, the Holy Spirit moving powerfully within us, helping us to see a new picture, helping us to hear the voice of God, helping us to straighten our mind and our thinking so that we can, we can line up our, our thoughts along God's word, giving us the ability and the strength to make great choices because great choices are hard at times. The choice to stick together in a marriage isn't an easy choice at times, but it's the best choice. It's a powerful choice. When you do things for your kids and you think I will stick together as a family unit for the kids so they know that sense of security, that sense of belonging, 
And I know so often we struggle with making these right choices, which is why we need God. And so let me just finish on this. You know, there was an astronaut, Neil Armstrong, and we all know they walked on the moon. And, and, uh, you know, sometime a bit later, you know, he was being interviewed and he talked about the fact that there, there are footprints on the moon. And, you know, Back then, when uh, I forget the year that we, we, we got, got Neil from Earth to the moon and back again. But at that moment in time, the, the, the computer resource that was available was less than the phone that you have right now in your pocket. You know, the sum total of power that achieved that phenomenal objective, which even today blows my mind, that we can somehow, I mean, flying is one thing, but getting into space, onto the moon and back again, frankly, even today is extraordinary. But we achieved this at a moment in time where, like I said, the amount of power that was required by NASA was less than what is currently in your phone, that maybe even right now you're watching on. So my thing is like, we don't realize the power that we have in our phone. But even greater than that is we don't realize the power that we have inside each and every one of us. Because behind getting Neil Armstrong from the earth onto the moon was the power of, of, of the, the human mind and the power of, the, of people made in the image of God that were capturing a vision of doing something that would completely transform what was you know, the space race back then, that would transform people's view of what was possible. It completely unlocked so much potential that we now, we, we live in the benefit of. But that was you, people like you and I creating the image of God, doing things that completely are astounding. And so, you know, you can choose to do amazing things. Don't forget that you have, there's so much potential inside of each and every one of us. But to unlock that potential it is about the choices that we make. It's about changing the direction that we are steering our life in and that you have the power to choose right now. And every week we give people an opportunity to choose to receive Jesus as their Lord and as their savior, because we, we need both. We need someone who is gonna save us from ourselves. We need someone who's gonna lead us like the King of Kings can only do. Lead us in a way that is so good, healthy and righteous. And so I just wanna encourage you, just bow your head, close your eyes for a moment and I'd like to pray for us. God, I wanna thank you that you have given every single one of us the gift to make the choice of free will. We get to choose how we live our life. You've loved us so much that you didn't pre-program us to just blindly obey, but actually you gave us the ability to choose you, a, a, an act of love, to choose to, 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 to have you in our life and to, to have you as our savior and as our Lord. And so if that's you today, I want to encourage you that in your heart of hearts, you just say, God, I want to turn away. I want to turn from the darkness. I want to turn towards the light. I want to turn to believing in that your son, Jesus, is who he said he is and did what he did at the cross, that he, he paid the price to save me from my sin. And I want to receive right now your Holy Spirit into my life so that I have the freedom to make great choices. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to thank you for tuning in. And it's so good, you know, a choice that you might want to choose to make off the back of this message is to choose to tune into Global Church online every week. If it's new to you, give yourself three months. Tune in every Sunday for three months because I promise you it will do you good. And before you know it, you'll have made some choices 
that you'll start to build a life that even you couldn't imagine could unfold in front of you. So anyway, it's great you've been with us. Don't forget, if you're part of Global, if you want to become more part of us, you can get in contact with us. We do connects in the middle of the week, where it's where we get to unpack this talk and, and get a lot more done in community. It's been great, and uh, I'll hopefully see you soon. But take care and have a great week. Cheers. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 